0: in stats, HIV stats are coming out, but like, anyway, um, there's so many things that we need to discuss, and I feel that South Africa, we tend to focus more on not so pressing issues than pressing issues, and we make fun out of them, and it's time that we have serious conversation, it's time we have those uncomfortable conversations as South Africans, and Currently I'm still with my colleague and my brother, Mr. Dace, who's the editor-in-chief for Central News, and we'll be joined by Mr. Voyo, uh, who's the president of the ATM, the African Transformation uh, African Transformation Forum, which is a party that actually recently launched the manifesto. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen. We are in problem. We are in trouble as a state, and we are in trouble as a province. And there are certain things that we are totally in denial of that we don't want to talk about, and I don't know why. So these are things that we'll be actually talking about. And like I said, we are joined by Dr. Buyo Zungula, who's the president of the African Transformation Movement, and they recently held their manifesto launch in the past Saturday, uh, past Saturday at Buffalo City. Uh, in preparation for the 24, 2024 National and Provincial elections. And Datavoyo is going to be joining us and we're going to pick up the conversation where we were actually talking about kids that are disappearing and the, and the, the resources that the state is not utilizing in terms of tracking people down. And Datavoyo, recently we we had, I don't know if you saw on the news or on social media, but there's kids that have been missing in the free state, particularly in Bloemfontein. And yesterday, one of the kids, which is um, a, a young teenager who goes to a good school, was found dead with a stab wound on her back. She were, Apparently she was abducted from home or in her area. And a ransom was demanded by whoever had abducted her. Then the next thing her body was found about 10 kilometers I would not yeah 10 kilometers away from her home which is quite sad and this is the part where the parents went to the police and they reported a child missing but nothing was done nothing was done what, what would be your take as a political party as ATM in terms of how the state is handling all these crime issues including kidnapping and kids disappearing
1: Um, The first thing that needs to happen is that there needs to be a change in attitude in terms of how we view crime. Currently, you find that South Africans are tolerant of crime. Hence, -hmm. you find that others, they protect the drug dealers, they protect, um, you know, criminals in their communities because of the benefit they derive from such people. And the other thing that needs to change is that we've got corrupt police officers that are ruining the image and the reputation um, understanding of um, um, good standing and ethical um, corru- um, um, ethical police um, policemen and women so in mm-hmm. our view those corrupt police officers they need to be dealt with harshly because they are given a responsibility now when they are acting in a corrupt manner they are actually betraying the trust of their office by working with criminals And the last thing is that there needs to be change in terms of the legislation, in the sense that you need to introduce a death penalty to deal with some of the heinous crimes that we are witnessing in our country. You know, there's a country called Malawi, um, also in the Sardeg region. This country had a death penalty to deal with the, um, the killing of people living with albinism because there was a problem of criminals targeting people living with albinism to use them for multi-purposes. Now, after Malawi introduced that legislation, there was, um, um, you know, the the killing of people with albinism um, went down because um, those criminals there, they are actually afraid of being killed themselves. So in our view, we can't have a state that is playing, um, you know, sweetheart and wants to be sweet with criminals. Criminals must know that um, you know their space. They've got no space in our society, and we are not going to coexist with them. Hence, we are saying, Ukuba, some of the criminals for some of the heinous crimes they commit, they must have death penalty. For the corrupt police officers, they must be sent to life imprisonment without the possibility of a parole. That way, we clean the police service out of um um from those corrupt elements, and also some of the prisoners or all of the prisoners must work for the state for free because currently as we see now with the victim you know um, um you know that school um school girl innocent child who had a bright future now that she's killed by that criminal you find that the parents of that school girl will be paying taxes the taxes um of the victims are now funding the the lives and the livelihood of the criminals in the sense that it is now the taxes Um, of the victims that are going to be providing three meals a day, hot water, DSTV, free education for the criminals. So that is why in our view as the ATM, a criminal, there must be harsh punishments because currently criminality has gone out of hand in our country.
0: But now in this regard, they're saying criminals also do have rights and they are protected by the constitution of this country of which we okay, I'm not going to say we because it was certain people who drafted it according to how they see according to the democratic um, status of this country but now you mentioned the part also about corrupt police that are that are just doing as they please what do you think causes police to actually be in that corrupt status it's
1: the endemic corruption that we see in our country Because if you go um, to the um, centers whereby they test for driver's licenses, you find that the people that are working there, they're actually wanting to collect bribes for each and every person that wants a driving license. Go to Home Affairs, the same thing is happening. Go to virtually all of the departments, you find that because corruption is so endemic in our society, each and every person is going to use their position in order to make a personal benefit to them at the expense of the the, the law and order and the morality of our country. That is why part of our our solutions as the ATM is to really agenda the question of patriotism so that we do have people that are going to put the interests of the country first. However, the other thing that makes corruption to be so endemic in our society is that um, the laws of our country are, are tolerant towards the wrongdoers and they are very harsh towards the people who are abiding by the law. There are countries mm-hmm. such as Singapore who dealt with corruption, especially in the um, in the public service, oh. by dealing um, very harshly. If you are to go, example, to China, almost every week we hear about public servants who have been executed for being corrupt. But come to South Africa, you find that corruption, um, you know, people who are corrupt are actually protected by the state. That is why we're calling for a change in legislation, because if you do not change the law to deal with the current problems, you can't be told about a constitution that was drafted, um, you know, in the mid-90s. And the, the, the time and the issue and the climate there, it was a period of reconciliation. It was a period of compromise, because... Um, you know, we all know that um, we have a negotiated settlement, a compromise in terms of um, the structure of our constitution, of the economy, etc. Now we are here thirty years later. We can't be basing our lives on that constitution that is based on compromise. We need to be basing our constitution and our legal framework based on what we want to achieve currently in terms of how we are going
0: to deal with crime, unemployment, inequality, etc. So.
2: Also, dealing with corrupt officers. What is it that you can do at least to eliminate or limit the crime states that we have? Because some of them, at times, you'll understand, Zungula, they are linked to unemployment rates. They are linked Mm. to young people who don't have jobs. They want to be seen. They also want to drive the cars that other people drive. So, what else can you do as a party in terms of solving that? Because You can strengthen the legislation at the end of the day people are not working people they want to have money people are going to festive season they want to enjoy this festive season but there's no money
1: um you know the the last one um on on the dealing with the crime issue is the involvement of the communities um you know we've got any increase in the community policing forums across the country these policing forums are the ones um that are actually of help to the communities because if you go to any community you find that they know who the criminals are and at the same time they are the first people to to be negatively affected by crime because if a if, if a young Um, person wants to be involved in crime and wants to steal something, they will steal right here in the community. They are unlikely to go to another city, go to another province to start a life of crime there. So that that is why we are also advocating for increasing the resources, um, offering of training for the community so that we empower them. Now, there are other issues in terms of how to deal systematically with crime involves how we can reduce the poverty and the unemployment and the inequality levels. Because the manner in which the economy is structured, it is structured in a way that allows only a few handful individuals to participate meaningfully in the economy. And there is no mass economic participation whereby you have, um, you know, people being active in the economy, whether they are in Botsabelo, or they are in, um, you know, um, in, in, in Giani or in Delft. Rather, what we see is few companies actually dominating all of the industries in our country in terms of the, the, the economic participation. For example, if you look at all of the industries, it's five or six companies that are dominating almost 90%, if not more than 90% of the market mm. share. So our solution there is the ATM number one is to have the government spending to go towards small businesses, because that is how you are going to create diverse um, players in the economy, um, in the sense that currently the government has got a budget that is close to $3 trillion per annum, but 80% of that um, $3 trillion goes to big business, and only less than 20% goes to SMMEs. So what we are saying is in ATM number one, there needs to be changed in terms of how the government spends its money secondly we need to put a bar in the sense that if there's a tender or a government contract that is below 10 million rands, it must only be set aside for smmes and what the reality is when it comes to smmes is, is that you've got various smmes if you go to um, for example manga the smmes that are there are slightly different from the SMMEs that are there in the city of Cape Town. You are unlikely to find an SMME operating in Cape Town, operating in Durban, almost all of the metros or municipalities. In other words, once you focus on SMMEs, then you are going to create different players to participate in the economy. And the other one, when it comes to dealing with the unemployment issue, is to have a ban by saying that some of the basic goods, the goods that we use on a daily basis, must be produced locally in South Africa as a start. Secondly, each and every district must be must have factories um, whereby they produce these goods so that you don't have a case whereby you've got certain regions like your Johannesburg region, your Deben, and your Cape Town, whereby all of the economy, all of the jobs are centered around there because that is another reason why people are going to now flock to these areas and you know the and the the the, the other um, municipalities or other regions now country are going to be poorer. so that is why you are advocating that once you've got these basic goods for example your soap your toothpaste your towels um, you know your um, your toothpicks once you say they must be produced here in South Africa and each district must produce its own in the sense that the factories that are there lying idly in Tabanchu must be the ones that are producing all of these basic goods for Mangawong. What that will mean, it will mean the economy of Mangawong will circulate amongst the people of Mangawong and you are going to have more players in Mangawong being active in the economy. And when you go to um, um, you know, um, Entrance in Pumalanga, the same thing mm. will happen. When you go to Northwest Delta, KK Kawunda region, the same thing mm. will happen. In other words, you are going to have an economy now that is defined by more active players unlike what we see now whereby the economy is structured in a manner that allows very few individuals and most importantly and last one um, on this issue of the of the economy it is a transformation of the township economy because our people live in the townships and we need to make it worthwhile for them to enjoy the economy of where they live unlike this case now whereby when you go to a township you find that the people that are active economically they are not South Africans they are people that are coming from Asia they are owning um, spaza shops or tuck shops or hardware stores there and they are making money whereas the indigenous people of our country are just basically economic spectators so that is what we are saying as a party that you need to change all of that by making sure that people are active economically where they stay and they are able to make a living because currently The unfortunate reality now, as you stated, is that the question of unemployment, the question of being active economically, is a matter of life and death. It is a matter of putting food on the table or not having anything to eat. That is why we need to structure the current economy as it is to be beneficial to the people. And now we deal with the other systematic issues as time goes on. But point, the, the first point of reference or the point of departure get people to be active economically
2: mr zungula you're speaking about the economy um, that is active we are currently having a president who is perceived as a businessman he's also a billionaire we are told Um, do you think that in his current term because he's also taking a second term um, does he allow the economy to be conducive especially for the private sector that will Create jobs for young people that you are talking about, for small businesses in our townships to be empowered. Um, we've seen that Sibanye is retrenching over 1,000 um, mine workers. Asolo Mittal in Val, which is in um, Farnach, also in Newcastle, they're also retrenching thousands of workers. Do you think that with the current president, is he doing much to create an economy that will create more jobs?
1: Um, you know, if we're to look at the, the stats, Mr. Ramaphosa entered being president of the country in February 2018. Now we are two months away from February 2024, which is almost six years later. But if you look at the unemployment stats, in 2018 it was 25% or some, some change. Currently, we're sitting in an unemployment level that is 33%. And you've stated um, this 33% does not yet include. The, the closing down of companies, mines in the Northwest, and some in the um, um, in KZN, et cetera. The reason why that is so, it is because Mr. Ramaphosa, in his heart and his mind, he's a businessman, he's a capitalist. Therefore, his presidency is all about creating wealth for him and his funders and his close associates. Hence, you find that he really takes a position that, you know, is going to be. Um, you know, unfair. It, it, it really takes a position that is pro the people. He always takes positions that are beneficial to the the the, the private sector. Hence, he even said, um, you know, um, that he's going to, um, you know, give more power, more responsibilities to the private sector because that is all what capitalists do. So, in our view as in organization, is that the Mr. Ramaphosa he will never be able to lead a country that creates jobs because he can't now in december 2023 commit to creating jobs something that he has been failing to do for the past 5 years because at any given moment since 2018 there's never been a time whereby the unemployment rate of our country has gone down it has always been going up precisely because the legislation that is there it is pro big business the the government spending patterns, they are also pro-big business. That is why we need to change all of that. Most importantly, by putting in leadership in our country that is not embedded in the capitalist society that is um, you know, killing our country. Because if you look at Mr. Ramaphosa, he's got shares, he's got interest in virtually all of the businesses. For example, if you are going to say, Mr. Ramaphosa, say um you know sign an executive order that says 50 percent of carbon spending must go to small businesses he's going to cry because he's got shares in Bidvest. in other words he would want you won't want to actually hurt his bottom line by you know taking a decision that is pro small businesses because he's going to suffer as a shareholder of big business and you've got people that funded his campaign given him more than a billion Um, you know to be president of the ANC and later on the country those people want their returns so there's no way in which he can openly and you know and proudly advocate for policies that will make the lives of the people poorer sorry make make the lives of the people much better because currently he is beholden to the people that funded his campaign.
0: Mr. I have a question for you directly especially for you now that you mentioned issues of uh, pushing township economy and actually transforming the economy of this country, and currently, if you mentioned something very important when you mentioned issue about foreign markets, uh, currently South Africa is sitting at twenty five percent of import uh, market. Uh, no, 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 it's twenty five percent of exporting and 31 uh, percent of importing meaning our exporting is lower than our importing and we're importing more than what we're exporting and that is another factor that because we saw recently with woolies importing are uh, and fruits and meat from israel because of what is happening but my most worry is that most political party they come in and they speak about how the ANC has failed but they never get to mention how they're going to create those jobs. How are they going to create those economic opportunities for the people of this country? Because all you guys keep on saying, we will make sure that we transform the economy of the township. But the main question is, how? And that's what the people want to know. How are you going to change? How are you going to make my life easier compared to what I'm currently sitting at?
1: Yeah no that one is, is very simple um you know let's talk for example about the, the the shifting of government policy to be pro small businesses if you check when we say currently the government is spending 80 percent on big business and less than 20 percent on smmes the how part is to say change how the government is spending its money they must spend its money on smmes smmes you're going to have various smm is operating the country and if you check the SMEs, is it's actually mostly young people that are you know that are practicing that are wanting to have government contracts so that is the first part when it comes to how the second part it is the question of the basic goods because you find that we've got things that we are using as a country on a daily basis everywhere you go every day there's bread that has been bought by our people. Everywhere you go, people are buying the soap, are buying the candles, are buying all of the goods that are used on a daily basis. But the question is, who is producing those goods? And what is the role of our people when it comes to now the production? You find that people do not have any role that they are playing in terms of the production. So that is why you are saying, in order for us not to have an economy that is in selected few hands, our model means every district, meaning if you go to Mangawong, for example, there's um, the factories that are there in, 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 in Tabancho. No one, everyone knows about those factories and they're not being utilized. Now if you're going to say um, all of these basic goods must be produced here in Tabancho, what's going to happen is that number one, you are going to be creating employment for the people in Mangawung, in Tabancho, in Bosabelo, for them to work on those factories. And we are going to have increase in terms of the logistics companies that are going to transport those goods from the factories to the respective retailers. You are going to be assisting by creating jobs to the accountants, the business um, um, students, the logistics students who now need to take part in this um, ecosystem that is there. And also what we're saying again as a means of, um, you know, practically making people active in the economy is to say, if you go to the private sector, let's say your child goes to a private school, your child is told there, or you as a parent, you are told, if you want to buy a uniform for my child, you need to buy it in a certain company. You don't just wake up and buy a white shirt, um, you know, at Aikerman's um, or Mr. Um, price or so anywhere you are told this is where you need to buy it. So what we are saying That's now as party, and in conclusions, um what we are saying as a party, you need again to have a legislation that is saying in this particular area, for you to be able to create jobs, you need to have a legislation a team, all of these goods, for example, your uniform, must be sourced from the cooperatives is of how jobs will be created and how people will be made and economically active.
0: But do you think Horay, especially among the group, which is black people, do you think there is understanding when it comes to entrepreneurship due to the fact that Jorge, people are being told for okay, you're unemployed, start your own business, they go and register a business, they get into this whole system of database, tax clearances, all that but we are seeing how there is a lack of understanding when it comes to trade. Due to the fact that majority go to government hoping that I can register in a business and I'm gonna get a government contract sharp. Then they get the government contract. They get the money. Most of the money goes from hand to mouth. It finishes. And then the next thing SARS comes chasing after them and they say it's corruption and all that. How you as a party, when there's so much lack of understanding when it comes to entrepreneurship? How are you gonna build that gap?
1: Look, um, our people do have understanding of business. Let me tell you what is killing our SMMEs. Number one, there's lack to access to market for our SMMEs. You find that rightfully, as you say, the businesses has been created, the business plan is there, the funding is there from the NYTA and CEDA and CIFA, but you find that our people do not have access to markets so what the government needs to do is to assist in terms of providing markets or access to markets so that you do not have these ideas actually dying down because no one is procuring that is one the second thing that is killing SMM is it is a question of um, you know invoices that are paid after 90 or 120 days now you find that when, if you do work now for, for example, 50,000, you need to work, wait for about 120 days for that invoice to be paid. And for it to be paid, you need to pay in charge. So that is another reason why our businesses and um, for our young people, SMEs are failing because of the system that is there, the culture that is there. Because a big company such as um, Big Vest can actually cope without being paid for six months but an SMME cannot cope. So that is what needs to change. Now, on the question of, um, you know, access to markets, that is why you are saying that once you make it compulsory that every government department, whether it's municipalities and SOE or department, anything that has got to do with government, 50% of their spending must go to SMMEs and their invoices must be paid within 30 days and there must be no... Amancho um, oncho um, or Incho oncho being paid in order for those invoices to be paid, then we are going to see big um, um um our businesses, our SMMEs, thriving because the conditions are there. Currently, our SMMEs are struggling because of the nature and the culture and the difficulties that they are facing when it comes to doing business.
2: that is? All right. Mr. Zungula, um, in, in, in some of the things that we have mentioned, a lot of time you are talking about crime. You are also talking about issues of bribery, um, which is has to deal with corruption. Um, there are other opposition parties um, in the country, I'll make an example, that are known for certain things. For example, EFF, we know that they are known for nationalization. They are known for speaking about land. They are known for speaking for the majority of black people. What is it that your party is known for, especially now that we know that it, it is a faith-based political party, which is backed by religious people? What are some of the things that will make you to stand out going into this election, to say, let me vote for ATM? Why? Why should I vote for it? What is it that is different about it as a political party?
1: Uh, the atm is a party that prides itself that we offer servant leadership because leadership could be there but if the leadership and the, the 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 outlook of that leadership it is not to serve the people then you are not going to win anything and also we pride ourselves as a party as a party that um, prioritizes south africans in terms of the economy in terms of the job opportunities because in our view you find that to a certain extent, economic opportunities are there in our country, but the beneficiaries of the economic opportunities are not South African. Hence, I mentioned the issue of the township economy, whereby you are least likely to find a South African operating in that sector of the economy. And you ask yourself a question, Okoba, if South Africans cannot partake in the most basic economic um, activities in our country, where are they most likely going to participate in? Also, when you come to the job issue, you find that jobs are there. Go to many restaurants, go to many farms, go to some establishments. You find that the people that are actually working there, they are not South African. And you find that the millions of unemployed South Africans have got no space to operate. I'll recall that in the, um, I think it was 2020, there was a job advert um, in KFC for cleaners. I think it was three cleaners. More than two thousand people showed up wanting to submit CVs there, which shows that um, you know people are hungry for jobs. Now, if you are to look at some of the establishments, you find that people are working, but the people are the South African. The answer is no, which makes it um, which makes the structure of the economy to be unfair, especially um, towards native South Africans. So, we're very unapologetic to say South Africans must come first um, when it comes to the issue of economic participation at all levels, whether it is the most basic part of the economy or the strategic sectors of the economy. So for us, that is another one. And then there's a question of accountability, as you've seen in Parliament, because our role in Parliament as a party was not to just add numbers or go with the wind. Our role was to defend the interests of the people of our country. You will recall that in 2019, the question of and the informal sector, the township economy, the microeconomy, economy, and putting South Africa first were never found any expression in terms of the, the, the discourse in parliament. But through ATM, people and parties now um, are, are, are speaking about the prioritization of South Africans in the economy. We also um, drove the question of making sure that. When it comes to the issue of the vaccines that you do not have the government that are experimenting on the people using those vaccines we also dealt with the palapala issue Um, we've also dealt with the question or the issue of and the plane that landed in basio without um, following the proper protocols currently we are pushing this question of the rain manipulation so what you will know atm to be about is to say have all of these institutions operate in line with their mandate because had you had a country whereby for example the the the, the border management authorities work according to their mandate you would not have, have people that are complaining about um you know a um, um, high number of undocumented immigrants in our country had we had the department of labor actually having inspectors going around and um, making sure that all companies are not violating our labor immigration laws. You would not have people that are working in South Africa without the scars, uh, the scars or critical skills visas. If you had um, you know, um, the Department of Health doing their part, you would not have people that are complaining about the fake, expired or rejected goods that are sold to our people. So that is why, in our view, critically, make sure when it comes to the accountability, we've tried to push... Um, that the departments, the respective departments are able to do what they are constitutionally
0: required to do uh, Mr. Boyer, um we have come to that time where i have to let you go and but you said you said a, a handful in terms of of that i wanted to touch more on the 12 million unregistered young people for voting but it will be yeah. another topic for another day but like I say, um, in closing, just in, in, in 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, what do you have to say to a South African citizen sitting out there and they are actually weighing their options in terms of what, what must happen next year?
1: Firstly, the kind of country our children inherit depends on the um, the type of decisions we take now. Once we take decisions having in mind that We are doing it not only for ourselves, but for our children and their children so that they get to inherit a better country. So it falls upon us, or the responsibility falls upon us, to work towards and to achieve that. Now, as a party, as we've shown, that we are not scared of anything and anyone. That is why we are able to raise uncomfortable truths, especially when it comes to the abuse of power and the question of dealing with the basics of the economy. And if you are to look um, as as a party, we've pushed so hard to make sure that South Africans are prioritized because we are not in the pocket of all of these companies that are funding political parties. So when a person needs to decide who to to vote for, they need to ask themselves who is funding this person because whoever funds political parties is the one that is controlling political parties. Manifestos are meaningless um, to a certain degree because what gets to be implemented by the parties, it is the will of the funders. Hence, we saw, um, for example, the ruling party has got a manifesto, or a policy that talks about the question of the state bank. But if you're to ask yourself, and that is a resolution of 2017, but there's still no reserve um, state bank as we speak now, because it is the funders that actually um, dictate what must happen. So as a party, we're funded by the people, fully accountable to the people, and we owe our allegiance to the people. So when you vote for ATM, it's a vote for your own voice because we represent no other voice but the people's voice.
0: Thank you very much. And, ladies and gentlemen, that was Vuyo Zungula, the president of the African Transformation Movement. And, like you heard, you heard his side of the story. Uh, like, don't forget, South Africans, we all have an option. Uh, it's your choice at the end of the day. And let's not forget that as much as we can say the president is not doing this, the president is doing that, or the MEC or the premier is not doing this, don't forget that the power is in your hands. You, It's you who chooses who you want to see in terms of the running orders of, of this country. So come next year. If you didn't register, I would advise you to go and check out the IEC on their website. I know you can register online. There's still that option do that because at the end of the day the power is in your hand whether you choose the atm or any other political parties it's all up to you but you've heard what that said and what he's promising as his party for what they can do for you so like i said the power holds in between so i'm gonna take a break and when we come back mr days we'll be talking to the newly appointed city manager. For Metro Municipality. And he's going to be breaking it down in terms of, he's got a new cabinet, if I may call it that, and new managers uh, that we'll be talking about. So when we come back, we will be talking to Datesselomora, who's the city manager for Mangaung. And also, he's going to be telling us why we don't have vote. I don't know. (laughs) But without wasting time, uh let me take that break we'll be back don't go don't go it's gonna be interesting the people of manga we be talking about serious issues also so don't go come back and we are out